my name is Caitlin, and I am Groups Director here at Infuse. And we'll get to that funny video here in a little bit, but it really ties in well. You might have seen it before, but I thought it was a perfect fit for our final week of our sermon series, Broken Record, How to Overcome the Same Excuse Spiral. And so you, if you have been tuning in, we've had Pastors Taylor, or not Pastor Taylor, <laughs> Pastor Stephanie and Pastor Rob here to give us um, some messages on this series. And they've done a great job of showing us some different ways to identify excuses in our own life, um, ways to overcome them, and even to see what's behind our excuses, what's fueling them. And I've really enjoyed it, and hopefully you have too. And if you haven't gotten a chance to check those out, I encourage you to do so on our app, on our Facebook page, or via our website. You can watch old messages and just dive into that. Because by now, I think if you've been watching along, you have some actionable items to take into your own life, right? Hopefully you've been able to be actively trying to identify some excuses, um, to uh, interrogate some excuses, like Pastor Stephanie said last week. And as you've been able to do that, hopefully overcome the same excuse spiral in your life. Because we all do it, we all make excuses, but hopefully you've been taking some steps towards that. However, once we identify those in our own life, it can be really easy to fall back into the same habits. It's called a spiral for a reason. Because I don't know about you, but even in my own life, once I've made the conscious decision to not make excuses, I can do pretty good for a while with a certain thing. Whether that's like eating healthy, going for walks, um, maybe it's that, you know, I'm really gonna invest in that relationship with someone else and I'm gonna say yes when they call or text and I do good for a while, um, but then it becomes really easy to either make new excuses um, that couch looks really good on Friday night instead of trying to go out and meet new people or to text that friend to go and do something together um, or just new excuses that come up. And I think we could go on and on about that because we've experienced it in our own lives or at least I have myself. It can be really easy to fall back into those same habits. And I think that's why we coined this whole series Broken Record because it really is like a broken record in our lives, literally. And so I brought a record player full on with some vinyl here today, and I was gonna try to make myself sound old and be like, some of you might not know what a record is, but some of you might not. But I think vinyl is becoming trendy again. <laughs> Just like uh, flared jeans, right, are trendy. Crop tops are trendy. So vinyls come back around to some degree. So I think for the most part, we kind of know at least what it looks like right, and what it does, that it plays music. So when a record breaks, just like when we had CDs or Walkmans, that was more my generation, when those would skip, right, and you'd be stuck on that same part of the song over and over again, or if you rode the bus, I don't know if any of you guys did this, with your Walkman and you'd go over a bump and it'd start to scratch, so you'd have to like hold it really carefully so that didn't happen, right? Uh, because when it gets to that part, that broken section, it just plays the same parts over and over and over again. And on a record when that happens, I'm gonna demonstrate for you here, hopefully this goes smoothly, not as familiar with using a record player. And my husband told me not to lift this part up, but I'm gonna throw caution to the wind here. <laughs> and you're gonna hear the beginning of the song. Right, and everything seems like it's going smooth, it's good. 
we hit that that section. Oh, right there. Yep. Just over and over again. That's what the excuses in your life start to sound like. How long can I make this go before you're super annoyed, right? Okay, yep, we're starting to get there. So to get out of that section of your life, those same excuses that you hear over and over again, you literally have to pick up the needle, right? And you have to move it somewhere. Just like we have to pick ourselves up, right? Some of you have been actively doing this in your life right now, identifying those excuses. If we move the needle, though, and we start over, we hear the song again, and it starts, and everything seems good again. We started fresh, but then, oh, here we go. Those same excuses, right? They start to pop up. And that's how it works in our own life. We have to pick up the needle and move it, but it can be really easy to fall back into that same excuse spiral. So today, what I wanted to talk about was how we can get out of that, how we can pick up that needle, but instead move it forward. What is missing? What is missing from those other things that we've already been doing? And what's missing in our lives to help keep us out of that same excuse spiral? How do we avoid, actively avoid, ending up back there again? But I'm not gonna reveal it all up front for you today, and not because I just wanna build suspense, that's part of it, but also that I want you to know I tried really hard to identify some different areas before coming to my ultimate conclusion. I dug in, I did some research, right, and I really thought about different things that could be missing in our lives before we coming to that ultimate conclusion. So one of the first things that I think some people may see that using a lack of, ex using excuses might show a lack of responsibility. Now, a lack of responsibility in our lives um, may show up, right, if we think like our coworkers, oh, if they were more responsible, more responsible, then they wouldn't be making those excuses. If our children were more responsible, they wouldn't be making those excuses. Or if our spouse or our partner were more responsible, you get the drift, right? Some of you might be thinking that even yourself. But I don't think that responsibility is the key here. And the reason I don't think that is because I would argue that most of you in this room are pretty responsible people, right? I mean, you got yourself up, you got yourself dressed, you're here today. I don't know about you online, if you're dressed or not, that's completely up to you, but you are watching today. You are here and you're in it, right? Some of you got your kids dressed and got here. That in itself is a feat. A round of applause for you. You are responsible. And it doesn't end there, right? Because you're going to continue to be responsible when you leave. You're probably going to have to take your kids somewhere. You're going to have to get the groceries, pay the bills, get to work on time or at least at close to on time as possible. The responsibility, it doesn't end. So if responsibility were the key thing missing, then I think we'd all be doing pretty well, right? With not making excuses in our lives. So that's why I don't think that responsibility is the thing that's missing. Being more responsible often adds more to our plate, makes it easier to make excuses instead of the other way around. And that's because responsibility is given to us. It's kind of like when we turn 16, we get our license, right? We're given that responsibility to drive the car. Or when we have a child, 
we are given the responsibility to raise this tiny human. That's a lot of responsibility. Uh, but most often, even like when we sign a job contract or job offer, that responsibility is given to us. But I think what we're missing is an action. Because just like the people in that video that we watched today, they looked pretty responsible. They had, that guy had on a nice suit, right? He looked pretty responsible. But what they were missing was an action, a verb. And I think that verb that we're missing is accountability. Now, accountability and responsibility, when you hear those two words, they can sound a little synonymous to some people. And even when I looked up the definition of accountability, it used responsibility in there too, so I can see how that's really tricky. But I think the key difference here is that responsibility is given, like we said, but accountability, that action, has to be taken. It involves an action being taken on to us, right? We can be responsible without being accountable. Because a lot of us are responsible adults, but we make mistakes, we make excuses, but can we be accountable to them? Can we take that action? I think that's what's missing. Now, accountability is a really umbrella term, and it can be defined as the answering to someone, the someone who you explain or justify your excuses to or report to in your life. And that umbrella term takes many different forms because there's many different kinds of accountability. And I'm going to highlight a few of them today. And ultimately, there's one that I think is going to keep us out of the same excuse spiral. It's going to help us to move that needle forward. So one of the first things that I want to talk about was being accountable to ourselves. Personal accountability. Now, the reason that I don't think that this is exactly the key that we're looking for today is because personal accountability is really hard. If you think about it, we're kind of looking to other people when we're um, holding ourselves accountable by having them be like the judge and jury in a way to our excuses. And personal accountability means you're your own judge and jury. And I don't know about you, but when I'm making an excuse in my head of why I should get that dessert at 10 p.m. because it's been a really stressful day, the judge and jury in my head, they're telling me, you go, girl. You have that dessert. They are on board. They have justified that excuse. And I think we can see that example in a lot of your own lives. Maybe it's not dessert after 10 p.m., but whatever that is, the judge and jury in your head can easily justify things, right? So personal accountability is difficult. So that's one reason, but also too, we all have different levels and gauges of personal accountability in our lives, right? I can't stand up here and tell you that you need to be more personal accountable because I don't know your current life expectations. I don't know your past life experiences. I don't know what you're dealing with, right? And the standard that I hold myself to might not be the same standard that you hold yourself to. That's okay. It, you can probably see this a lot at work with your coworkers, right? Because you may be working on similar projects or similar tasks, but you feel like that person may be falling behind or making excuses, but you hold yourself to a different level of accountability than they do, right? Or vice versa. 
And because we all have different levels of personal accountability, I think that's too why we see like some Olympic athletes or like pro athletes, right? That's what I think of, no excuses. They're getting out there and getting it done. We can't all be Olympic athletes, um, not only because of our personal accountability, it's probably some other reasons too, right? Um, talent, skill, but that's why this particular area of accountability isn't the one that I wanna highlight too much today. It's an important one and we need to use it but I think there's some other areas that we can touch on as well. The next um, kind of term under accountability, under that umbrella term, is accountability to God. And this one is important. However, I know that not everyone in this room, not everyone watching online, is on the same journey with their faith right now. If you are a follower of Jesus, this one is especially important because you've made that decision to hold yourself accountable to God and the expectations and the things that he's laid out for us in a way to live our lives and to be with him in prayer and to bring those things up in a relationship with him, to be accountable to him. But I don't wanna spend too much time on that today because I know that not everyone in this room is at that same point and that's okay. Here at Infuse, we really think that it's okay to be exploring your faith, to be figuring it out. So I can't stand up here and tell all of you to be more accountable to God, although some of you might need to hear that today as well. But there is one final way that I think God and Jesus see it's very important as well, and I think that because there's many examples of it throughout the Bible. There's lots of verses about it. There's lots of ways that even Jesus lived his life that show us that this was important to him as well. And that final way is being accountable to others. Being not just accountable to ourselves, not just accountable to God, but accountable to those people in our lives that we answer to, that we report or justify or explain our excuses to letting them be the judge and jury in a way, right? Being accountable to others helps us to minimize the risk of pride taking over in our own lives. And I think Pastor Stephanie touched on this in her first week as well, right? The way that it can look if excuses rule our lives. But being accountable to others really helps us to not let that happen. And it's not really a new concept, right? Because even for me, if I wanted to have dessert after 10 p.m., it's a little easier to justify to myself, but if my husband catches me doing that, right, it's a little harder to even justify to him if he calls me out on it. It's a dangerous thing to do, but it does happen sometimes. <laughs> now, this happens all over, right? Maybe in your own personal life of a way that others have held you accountable, people you love and trust. Um, but it also happens in all sorts of things, if we think about it, like diet culture, Weight Watchers, CrossFit, gym memberships, like those all holding you accountable. Um, even in like recovery, rehabilitation programs, uh, athletes, coaches, and teams. I think that's why a lot of parents want their kids to be on sports teams or clubs, right? Because you're accountable to others. It's a good thing to learn. And being accountable to others is a core pillar of what makes all of those organizations and structures so successful for helping people. So it's really not a new concept for us today, and it's not a new concept in the 21st century even. Because even in the time of the Bible, people 
wanted to gain wisdom and knowledge, and they wanted to learn about these things, and we can see that in the Bible today as we read it. Similar to them, we also too want to be constantly gaining wisdom and knowledge because we think that the more we gain, that we'll have it all figured out. And for them, this is a really big part of their lives for some of them in the Old Testament. So much so that we got whole chapters of the Bible, um, whole books of the Bible, I should say, that are considered wisdom literature. Um, And in this wisdom literature, it's really just accumulated insights across generations of people that they have pulled wisdom from, human words made into God's words to learn how to honor God and honor others. And they put that all that wisdom together. It's not a law. It's not a prophecy. Some of it's not even really a story. Some of it is. But some of it is just these like little bits of insights, like quotes gathered into a book. And we're going to talk about specifically the book of the Bible, Proverbs, today. And in Proverbs, the section that we're going to dive into is those short, clever sayings. Like, I feel like you might see them, like, um, on wall hangings or stitched on pillows. Um, And it would be really similar to if we gained, like, quotes from even people in our lives, right? Wisdom from here and there that we feel like honors God and honors others. And we put them into a book. That's what these people did specifically in this section of Proverbs. Um, Now, these short, clever sayings, some of them make more sense than others. Um, And hopefully, (laughs) I think they honestly all kind of sound like fortune cookies. So I wanted to read you a few today. You don't have to answer this part out loud because it's like internally reflect or whisper to someone you're with today. But is this a fortune cookie or a proverb? Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs. That one sounded like a fortune cookie to me. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Also a proverb. Now, like I said, some make more sense than others. So as you read through these sayings in this middle section of Proverbs, um, one of them even says, a quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. And I'm going to stop that one there because that's a sometimes quarrelsome wife. I don't know if I really want to keep going on that. But... Some make more sense than others, but the one that we're really going to dive into today, the one that I think unlocks a key piece of wisdom for us, unlocks what accountability to others can really do in our lives. It's from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. And it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Short and sweet, right? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Some of you may have even heard this before because I think that that term or that concept of iron sharpening iron isn't something new. Uh, People even use that, I think, in like gyms and motivational speeches because it is motivational, right, to encourage us to take action, take accountability in our lives. And I know Pastor Taylor has talked about in the past of not taking everything in the Bible as literal, right? It's important that we use the context of what's been given to us to understand some of these things. And if you have questions about that, I encourage you to watch his previous sermon series on how to read the Bible. It was really impactful, and he learned a lot about context. But today, for this particular um, verse, I think we can take it pretty literally, right? Because... Many of you have tried to cut something with a dull blade, whether that's a dull knife, 
a dull saw, um, even like a jagged pair of scissors. You know, you try to use it on the fabric and you just, it's really hard and you get the jagged edges. We've had some kind of experience with that in our own life. And I wanted to bring in a literal example of cutting something today, like a knife or a saw, but I was advised against that by some people. So you're going to have to just use your imagination with me today, okay? So you've been there before with that dull knife or saw, and you have to apply a lot of pressure, right, to cut through something when it's dull. Or if it's a saw, you're going to have to take a lot of time trying to cut that same spot, And you're trying to get to the end result that you want, right? Just like in your life, when you're trying to do it alone, you're relying on your personal accountability or your responsibility, and you're still making some of those same excuses, you're still trying to get to the result, but it's going to take you a long time. It's going to take a lot more effort to get there with a dull blade. However, When we are living a life of accountability to others, when we are letting others sharpen our blade by building us up, encouraging us when we want to give up, holding us accountable to our excuses in a way that supports and guides us, letting them fill us up with wisdom and encouragement, whatever that looks like in our lives, when they're sharpening our blade, then man, we are gonna be like that guy in the infomercial with that knife where he's cutting through the rain hose, he's cutting through the shingles, right? He's just slicing through it with ease. That's the hope, that when we have a sharp blade, when we are building each other up, it's making things a little easier. We're getting to that end result a little quicker without all the jagged edges or the extra pressure. So I think we can take this pretty literally today. Now, it isn't just this one verse in the Bible that uh, gives us this example of accountability. We can see it throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. I could pull a ton of verses for you today, just bombard you with that, right? But I'm not going to do that. You guys can look that up on your own too, but it's there. And it's even there in the concepts, the way that God um, created us, right? He created Adam and Eve. Two, better together. It's in the way that Jesus lived his life when he was here on earth. He could have really easily been a lone wolf kind of guy. He didn't really need other people, right? But he knew that those other people needed each other. He created this kind of pack of 12 disciples or 12 close friends throughout his time on earth. And I think there's many reasons that he did that. But one of them was probably that he knew when he died, when he was gone, when he was ascended back into heaven after being resurrected from his death, that that transition was going to be tough on those 12 people. That it would be really easy for them to lose sight of the mission and vision that he had given them that even after he was gone, they were supposed to be carrying on his message. That they were supposed to continue to love God and love others and set his church on fire, set the people on fire for him. That was their mission. But he knew that wasn't gonna be easy once he was gone. When he wasn't there to hold them accountable, they would have each other. This could be the same reason that he gave us each other in this room, those in your life, right? 
for those of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus, it can be really easy for us even now to make excuses in our lives why we're not furthering the mission given to us to love God and love others like Jesus intended, to live our lives in that way. We have each other to hold us accountable. He gave us each other to lean on, to hold, to encourage, right? And maybe for you, you've been making a lot of the same excuses, whether that's been for months or for years, and you've tried to get out of the same excuse spiral. And it's gone well for a while, but you end up back there again, right? You've been trying not to avoid that person, that situation. Maybe you've even made excuses why you're not taking the next step in your career or even in your faith. And when you're that deep into the same excuse spiral, those excuses can start to feel a whole lot like reasons. It's like that wall that Pastor Stephanie talked about, right? Reasons that it'll never work, reasons you should give up, reasons you should quit trying, reasons you should keep staying in the spiral. And for some of you, you may have tried to get out by using your responsibility and your personal accountability, but have you ever tried doing it along with others? Have you tried relying on others? And if you haven't, I encourage you to give it a shot. Because when those excuses in our lives start to feel so insurmountable that we can't get out, we have to ask ourselves, who is holding us accountable? When it feels insurmountable, who is holding you accountable? Now, the who here is really important. Ask yourself, who is sharpening you in your life right now? Like, literally ask yourself that. Sometimes a better question to ask yourself right now is if you feel like you do have a lot of people in your life, maybe who isn't sharpening you? The who is so important, not only for those reasons that we need those accountability to others, but it needs to be in the right context. Because if your who isn't someone you trust, isn't someone who cares about you, accountability can be easily used as a weapon to tear you down, to manipulate. And that's not the kind of accountability that we're talking about today. You should never be feeling bad or like you're a failure, right? We should be using accountability to build you up. So to find your who, to find those trusted people in your life, I have three steps for you today. I'm a steps kind of person. I said that last time that I preached as well um, because I like to have plan, plan of action. So you're gonna get that today. If you don't have a trusted who yet, hopefully you can come out of this with some ways to find them. And these next steps are something that as groups director, I talk about every year with groups. I mentioned it in that video that you guys saw earlier today as well, but they don't just apply to groups. This isn't a rule that just applies to church, to those things. It's applicable to your entire life. So if you're not finding your who in groups with these three steps, I want you to be applying them in your life in general to find your who regardless of where that is. And those three steps, the very first one that we have is to show up. Show up takes some level of personal accountability. This is the part where if you're on that escalator and you're standing there, you really got to start walking. Got to take some action, right? You got to show up. 
This means saying yes to an invitation. This means that you're gonna sign up for the group, the club, the organization, that you are going to take some initiative to take that first step forward and get involved in a relationship with other people or in, in the place where you can find those relationships. So it does take some action, some personal accountability here. Same for the next step. Number two, we have join in. Join in means that once you've started walking up the escalator, you're really gonna have to keep walking. You can't just finish and think that that's the end. You have to continue on that relationship that you're investing in. It's a two-way street. You're gonna have to keep saying yes. You're gonna have to keep attending, keep going to that club, organization, or group. And you're gonna have to ask some questions and be actively involved. You're probably gonna have to answer some hard questions too. What you give is what you get when you join in. And along those same lines, our very last step, the most important one of them all, is to be real. Because if you can't be real and vulnerable and authentic with those relationships that you just gained by showing up and joining in, then the other two steps don't matter. People can't hold you accountable to something if they have no idea what's going on. If you're putting up this facade for them, right, and not really telling them what's going on in your life or being vulnerable or authentic, then they're not gonna know how to hold you accountable to those excuses if they don't even know that they're happening. So this one is the most important one of them all, to be real with each other. And as I was reflecting on this, I realized that being real is a really important part to who we are here at Infuse even, right? We're not really about super surface level. We talk all the time about being imperfect people, that we're all imperfect. And we also try not to sugarcoat it and tell you guys that all these things that we say on stage are gonna be really easy, because they're not. Things are gonna get difficult too. So I wanted to take some time to be real, with you today. Real about some situations, even in my own life. Because I think that's only fair, right? And I feel like I'm sitting down like on a talk show, I'm about to like really get into it. <laughs> but to be real with you today, I am groups director. I get to say that all the time here at Infuse. I get to say, uh, welcome to Infuse Church. I'm Caitlin, I'm groups director. But what does that really mean, right? Well, it means that I spend some time as a volunteer, not in a paid position, to organize and coordinate how small groups are running, um, resources for group leaders, encourage people to sign up and get involved, kind of plan out what we're gonna do for the year with groups. And the reason that I do any of that is because I'm really passionate about what groups can do in people's lives, because I've seen it happen. And that's what fuels me when I'm doing these things. But to be real with you, I, have been in some form of a small group since 2015, so it's like six years um, that I've been doing this before 2021. And in 2021, last year, I just decided that I didn't need to be in a group because I had some excuses in my own life. And I did have some people in my life that tried to call me out on this, I will say that, um, by asking me, yeah, Kayla, what, what group are you in this year? Are you leading a group this year? And, I would tell them those same excuses. I'd say, well, you know, 
Uh, actually, I'm gonna be leading this uh, group thing that happens once a month, so that's gonna take up some time. And I'm also taking some classes this year, so I just really, I just need a break. I just need a break from groups. So that's what I told myself. I made those excuses. I'm an imperfect person. But I can also tell you what last year felt like to me. Because I've been through some hard things in life, and last year wasn't the hardest year of them all, but I felt pretty miserable, personally. And when you're feeling pretty miserable, then also your relationships start to feel pretty miserable, right? I had a strain on my marriage because of the way that I was feeling internally with my own feelings and emotions, carried into my job, probably how I even presented myself at church or in the um, leadership aspects that I had for that year. And it wasn't anything different about this year because um, although I was going through transition of job and work things and just like regular life stress, that had happened to us in 2020. That was even worse, right? So it wasn't exactly those things that I was pinpointing it on. And it took me a really long time, all the way until the spring of the next year, that I realized what was missing. Because I had a friend that texted me. And this friend isn't from around here, and every time they would come to the area for work, they would text me like, hey, we should get dinner, we should hang out, we should catch up. And every single time, I'd make an excuse of, you know, I'm just really busy being a mom, and work's hard, and I'm tired, and I would make some kind of excuse to not meet up with them. And for some reason, finally, I was like, you know what? just maybe to get them off my back. I was like, I'm gonna meet up with them. I'm gonna do it, finally, let's go. So even though, even when that day came, and some of you can relate to this too, and it applies to like even being in a group where um, we, even that day, you were like still making excuses. We are like, oh, I've had such a long day at work. Maybe I should just tell them I'm sick because I just can't go, right? But when I showed up, when I joined in, And when I was real with this person, I left that dinner feeling so alive, so encouraged, relieved even. I remember calling my husband in the car and just feeling like really genuinely happy. And like that's when it hit me. That this whole time, I think the real thing that I was missing was being in community with other people. That I was missing on a weekly basis, sharing aspects of my life, things that were going on, for me, the emotions that I was feeling even, having other people know that, I was isolating myself without even realizing it. Because for all those other years of my life, I'd had that there as something to fall back on. And I didn't realize what huge of a blessing that was for me. There were times in my life where I went through really difficult things and I had those people there and I can't imagine what that would have been like without them now looking back on this last year. But even like when my dad passed away, right, my group showed up at my doorstep with a nice gift. They were there. They said, take some time, right? But they were also the people after that that said, okay, we need to keep meeting because we all need this. They didn't let me slip through the cracks. My group was the people who said to me, that held me accountable to when I said, you know, I really think that I should seek out some counseling, I really think that at that point in my life, that's what I needed, um, but it was hard to take that step to do it. And when I did, my group were the people that celebrated with me, right? When things were tough, they were there. But because I'd had that for so long, I didn't really realize what that would be like when I was missing out on it. Now, I don't wanna stand up here and tell you all that groups are the end all 
be all of everything, that they're gonna fix all of your life problems, um, that they're gonna make everything easier for you because they might not, right? And, but neither is a Sunday morning. Neither is one message or multiple messages. Those aren't the thing that fix your life. It's the actions that we take. It's how we show up, how we join in, and how we be real in our lives that make those changes. And when we're doing those things, whether that's in a group or in our own lives and other aspects, that's where life change where things getting easier, where things feeling fixed in a sense, right? That's where those things become a probability. We aren't gonna make you a promise that it's gonna happen, but there's a probability, it's pretty likely that it will, if you're following along with those things. There's a probability that when you're showing up, when you're joining in and when you're being real, when you're doing life alongside others in an authentic way and helping them to invite you invite them, invite each other along on this journey of life or of faith, that when those excuses start to feel really insurmountable in our lives, right? When we start to hit that bumpy patch again and again, and we keep hearing it on repeat, that there can be other people in our lives that are gonna help us pick that needle up and move it forward, right? That are gonna help us get through and get by. Whether that's on the excuses that we make personally, the excuses we're making um, in our career, and even most importantly, honestly, in our faith, because that can be so easy to do no matter where we're at on this journey. So when those excuses start to feel insurmountable, who is holding you accountable? I encourage you to reflect on that today and find your who, whether it's in a group or not in a group, wherever they're at, I want you to find them and engage by showing up, joining in, and being real. Bow your heads and pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, allowing us to be human, to giving us a chance, right, to show up, to show up in our own lives for ourselves, to show up for you. Help to encourage us, to encourage those in this room, those unspoken prayers and thoughts where things feel real difficult where those walls feel insurmountable, that you can continue to push us to join in, to join alongside you, to join in relationship with you, and in relationship with others. God, I know that you are there, that you are always there, right? But sometimes it can be hard to feel and it can be hard to see. Help us to be there for each other, to be Jesus to those around us. I pray that those who need it most, right? That those whose hearts are just feeling so heavy this morning, burdened by the weight that excuses, 
and those dull blades have been feeling for quite a while. That we can rally around them as your people. That we can come together and hold each other accountable. I pray that as we start groups this week, that we can feel you there. We can see you working this year. By this time next year, we'll have so many great stories to share because of that. Thank you for all that you've done, all that you've given us, God, in our lives that has gotten us to this point. We can't wait to see where this next year takes us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.